Hey, everybody. Scott McKay here. This is The Spectacle. I've got my co-host, uh, Melissa McKenzie, who is all Valentine's up because we're uh, recording this on Tuesday, which is the day before Valentine's Day. Actually, today is Mardi Gras, so happy Mardi Gras to y'all. Um, and uh, we're talking about things that are not particularly uh, party-oriented, unless we're talking about the Democrat Party, which is not much of a party. Uh, these days, particularly after Thursday, when Joe Biden uh, resurrected the memory of Humphrey Bogart's favorite Captain Quee character by having a meltdown uh, over the um, uh, special counsel's report on his mishandling of classified documents. Uh, the special counsel, Robert Herr, uh, who is a... Uh, I guess a Republican, but he was appointed by Merrick Garland as uh, uh, the investigator of Joe Biden's multiple boxes of documents that he had stashed next to his Corvette in his garage in Wilmington and also at a Chinese-funded think tank in D.C. Um, and elsewhere. More than 300 different classified documents that Joe Biden had no legal access to. Uh, because he wasn't president. Um, and so the special counsel comes back and says, yeah, not only did he mishandle these documents, but he actually shared them with people who were not clear to see him. But there's no point in prosecuting because this guy is basically a demented, senile old man. And uh, he's going to present as a, you know, kindly older gentleman with a very bad memory, which was really the nicest possible way that Robert Herr could let Joe Biden down, right? Um, essentially, what he said was he's not competent to stand trial for this stuff. Um, and, of course, Biden had to save face, even though he got a, I wouldn't say a clean bill of health, but basically he got a, hey, we, we can't really prosecute this guy. That mm -hmm. should have been good news for him. Instead, right. he goes in front of the media and throws a fit of how dare he say that about me. It's like, you couldn't remember when you were married. You didn't know when your own son had died. Okay. Right. Like, anyway. Well, the so thing is, this with happened. That, Melissa, I'm going to throw it to you. Well, the thing is with this, it's so crazy is that he's in a box, Biden is, because if he's, if he makes the argument that he is completely competent, then he should be prosecuted for basically mishandling. Um, top secret information, which he is guilty of doing. And I am convinced to this day that the whole reason that the FBI went to Mar-a-Lago and did all that that they did was to cover for what they already knew that Biden had done. And so that they made it. I think, that's, I think a big, that's, a, that's a totally plausible, reasonable, defensible explanation for Mar-a-Lago raid, which otherwise makes absolutely no sense whatsoever. Exactly. No, none. So, like, so this was a way to give political cover to Biden because what he had in his possession was so egregious and where he had it in his possession was so egregious that the man deserves to be in jail. And so here... So here he's saying, no, I am totally confident. Then the special counsel should bring charges against the man. But the but they were, her was being nice. And 
once again, election interfering, as, as far as I'm concerned, by not doing the prosecution. So Hillary Clinton was not prosecuted. Here we have uh, Joe Biden not being prosecuted. And we have uh, Donald Trump being prosecuted right. for nothing. And um, here's the thing that we should also say, that no one is saying, actually, in the media that drives me cuckoo. The, the documents that Biden had, he got when he was vice president. He did some not- Some when he was senator. Some when he was senator. He did not have presidential authority to do have anything to do with these documents. That's right. Unlike Donald Trump, who was president, who could declassify them and take them home if he wanted to. Well, and the, and the act of taking them home is de facto- declassification exactly and th this is the thing that that nobody in the mainstream media like this is established law that nobody in the mainstream media is willing to acknowledge is that the act of taking those documents by a president of the united states is a declassification right period it is impossible for the president of the united states to violate that statute it's it's impossible okay right. Um, the Constitution vests the president with plenary power over those documents. Yes. And Joe Biden was not president. He so was these not are, president. These are apples and oranges, and that right. and the comparison does not benefit Joe Biden. No. Now, we are not talking about that because Robert Herr let Biden off with the, well, he's a feeble old man thing. Right. Um, there's a certain maybe, you know, uh, craftiness that you can assign to her, which is I'm going to mortally wound this guy on the question of his competence to remain in office. Right. Without having to go through what would be an extremely difficult prosecutorial responsibility. Um, and I think the Democrats recognize that, which is why they blew up and threw a fit over what Robert Herr put in that report. Right. Uh, so, you know, there is that angle that you could go about this. I wish that we were a much saner country so mm -hmm. that when somebody broke the law, they get to face the music for breaking the law rather than, you know, we, we got to rely on, you know, snide statements right. um, and, and, you know, political damage. But having said that, okay, her put into a public document what we all have known for a very long time about Joe Biden, right. which is that he's crackers, okay? He's <laughs> he's he's gone. He has no cognitive function uh, on a level that that a high elected official, not the president, a mayor, okay, a state right. legislator should have. Mm -hmm. um, and he showed it Thursday. Uh, I guess what we can do is we can show you a little bit of Humphrey Bogart's Captain Quig den denouement speech from the Kane Mutiny. And then we can show you a little bit of Joe Biden on Thursday. So we've got those racked up and you can easily watch. The Captain, did you ever turn your ship upside down in a vain search for a key that did not exist? I, I don't know what lies have been sworn to in this court, but I'd like to set you straight on this matter right here and now. A key definitely did exist. May it please the court. The witness is understandably agitated by this ordeal, and I request a recess to give him a brief... I don't want a recess. I'll answer all questions right here and now. Did you conduct such a search? Yes, I did. 
usual, my disloyal officers failed me and the key couldn't be found. As a matter of actual fact, wasn't this whole fuss over a quart of strawberries? The pilfering of food in large amounts or small is one of the most serious occurrences on board ship. Yes, but didn't you learn the mess boys had eaten the strawberries and that you were conducting a search for an imaginary key? I repeat, the key was not imaginary. And I don't know anything about mess boys eating strawberries. Captain, have you no recollection of a conversation with an Ensign Harding just prior to his leaving the cane? What about it? Well, didn't Ensign Harding tell you that the mess boys ate the strawberries? All that I remember is that he was very grateful for his transfer. Wife was ill in the States. Captain, do you know where Ensign Harding is now? Oh, I'd have no way of knowing. Ensign Harding is in San Diego. His wife is fully recovered. He has already been summoned and can be flown up here in three hours, if necessary. Would it serve any useful purpose to have him testify? No, I... I don't see any need of that. Now that I recall, he uh, might have said something about mess boys, and then again he might not. I questioned so many men, and uh, Harding was not the most reliable officer. I'm afraid the defense has no other recourse than to produce Ensign Harding. Now there's no need for that. I know exactly what he'll tell you, lies. He was no different from any other officer in the wardroom. They were all disloyal. I tried to run the ship properly with a book, but they fought me at every turn. If the crew wanted to walk around with their shirt tails hanging out, that's all right. Let them. Take the tow line, defective equipment, no more, no less. But they encouraged the crew to go around scoffing at me and spreading wild rumors about steaming in circles and, and, and then old Yellowstain. I was to blame for Lieutenant Merrick's incompetence and poor seamanship. Lieutenant Merrick was the perfect officer, but not... Captain Queek. Ah, but the strawberries. That's, that's where I had them. They laughed at me and made jokes. But I proved beyond the shadow of a doubt and with, with geometric logic that, that a duplicate key to the wardroom icebox did exist. And I'd have produced that key if they hadn't pulled the cane out of action. Uh, I know now they were only trying to protect some fellow officer. Naturally, I, I can only cover these things from memory. If I've left anything out, why, just ask me specific questions and I'll be glad to answer them one by one. President Biden. Something the special counsel said in his report is that one of the reasons you were not charged is because, in his description, you are a well-meaning, elderly man with a poor memory. I'm well-meaning, I'm an elderly man, and I know what the hell I'm doing. I've been president, I put this country back on its feet. I don't need his recommendation. It's How totally on memory. You continue as president. My memory is so bad, I let you speak. So... For, the thing the thing is about these clips, I don't even think that they're necessary. Every American knows that Biden is out of his mind. And the interesting thing to me is all the people de like falling all over themselves to defend this mentally addled person. And then trying to make the argument, which I saw a lot of places, that, well, Trump's forgetting things, too. 
And I was like, we both know that these two guys are not in the same category of whatever. Yeah, I mean, that was the that was the argument that Mitch Landrew, who is Biden's campaign chief. And I got to tell you, because I'm from New Orleans and Mitch Landrew was the mayor of New Orleans. Mm -hmm. You will not find someone more poorly suited to run. First of all, he was his infrastructure czar. In charge of spending that trillion. Is he related to Mary Landrew? Yeah, he's his brother. Oh, okay. Now he's the brother. There's a zillion Landrews in New There world. are just zillion Landrews, but I was just thinking about because Mary Landrew was the one who botched the um, Katrina response, right? Uh, no, that was Kathleen Blanco that botched the Katrina response. Oh, okay. All right. What is Mary? Why do I? Mary Landrieu was the one who shook Obama down for a bunch of uh, oh, Medicaid money in return for a vote for uh, Obamacare. Oh, and that's right. He, uh, there's a long list of stupid Mary Landrieu things, and mm -hmm. I mean, she's so bad that she got blown out in 2014 by Bill Cassidy. Oh, okay? right. Yeah. Right. And you can't okay. get more of a milk toast Bush Republican than Bill Cassidy. And he and he managed to unseat her, which should tell you not much good about Mary. But Mitch was the mayor of New Orleans, mm -hmm. famous for three things. One, uh, he signed a consent decree with Eric Holder, which gutted the New Orleans Police Department. It's basically a hug a thug operation now. And NOPD really stands for not our problem, dude, as a result. Mm -hmm which means that the new governor of Louisiana, Jeff Landry, is now sending an entire troop of state policemen into New Orleans to try to clean the city up because the criminals own the place. So that's, that's legacy number one of Mitch Landry. Legacy number two is he spent a billion dollars to build a brand new airport in New Orleans without making any arrangements whatsoever to connect it to I-10. And so until like five minutes ago, when you get off I-10 to get to the airport, you'd have to run through two or three traffic lights just to get into the airport property. Right, right. The worst, in, and then they made this more on the infrastructure czar, which should tell you a lot about Joe Biden. Then the third thing that Mitch Landry did was to, was to knock down the statues of Robert E. Lee and PGT Beauregard uh, mm -hmm. in the city of New Orleans and leave like a bare, busted, platform where the statue once stood and he did this because at the time he had a black mistress who didn't like those statues <laughs> did you not that that was the reason that mitch landry did that this is the guy who's in charge of biden's campaign and he steps out and says well yes but mike johnson uh uh made a mistake about people and trump made a mistake about people so my guy's good and it's like, hey, nobody believes you. How about that? Right. You said something in the national press and nobody believes you. What does right. that do for you? That makes you look like a moron, which everybody from New Orleans already knew. He can't. He has to be. He's stuck with Biden because if Biden goes away, Mitch Landrieu's political career is over. He cannot come back to Louisiana and run for anything. He will be selling aluminum siding or solar panels <laughs> to make a living. That's Mitch Landry. But that's the Biden, that's the Biden crew. And it's so funny because there are people out there who would have you believe that these guys are actually in control. 
Mm -hmm. um, and I'm speaking about, in particular, there's a guy at Politico named Jonathan Martin, who is a puffed up Democrat activist disguised as an honest journalist. Mm -hmm. And he's most certainly not. And on Tuesday, this guy pops with a piece basically like trying to dunk on Republicans for saying that uh, that, you know, Joe Biden might come off the ticket and that Joe Biden's not actually in control. This is one of these, you know, pee down your leg and tell you it's raining type of things. Mm -hmm. He actually makes the case that, well, you know, people get disappointed when you tell them that it's really just it's Joe Biden and a handful of staffers they never heard of that are making all the decisions. OK. Mm -hmm. And it's like, hey, Jonathan, they're not disappointed. The reason they're giving you that look is they're saying, I can't believe I wasted time talking to this morning. That's not, it's kind of a disappointed look, but really it's a disappointed in you. It's not a disappointed in what you're saying. They just recognize that you don't know what they're talking Clearly Joe Biden is not in control of his own White House, okay? That's obvious to anyone who's paying attention. If Joe Biden, who billed himself as a centrist, even though that was a lie, mm -hmm. okay, but certainly is a racist who doesn't like non-white people, like we've known that, the entire time this guy has been in office, he right. has offended every single ethnic group in America other than the Irish and probably the Irish as well. Um, this guy, fair, wait, the Irish people are a, a people of sorrow and beautiful literature and sad songs and music and intelligence. And then there's Joe Biden. If I were yeah. Irish, I'd be offended just because and I, I'm a little bit Irish, but if I was a lot Irish, I'd be offended that he was supposed to represent me or anybody. Well, there is that. <laughs> um, but, you know, the idea that that a Joe Biden, OK, would would stand with his foot opening the door to that border and let 10 million people from all kinds of places that Joe Biden wouldn't want to associate with the people from. OK, the idea that Joe Biden would do that, even as his polls go down the toilet. All right. Um, and he's in tr control is farcical. And yet we have Jonathan Martin at Politico who comes along and uh, promises us that we are deluded into thinking that somebody other than Joe Biden's in control and that there's a possibility that Biden might be bounced off the ticket. Mm -hmm. Now, he might be right that Biden is going to be there in November. He might be right about that. I don't think if he is, it's a coincidence because I don't think Jonathan Martin has any insight whatsoever. OK, but it, it is true to say that it's not easy to get rid of a uh, sitting president who wants to run for re-election, okay? Th that's a difficult conundrum to get yourself out of. Right. Um, but if they had a an option that they were happy with, I'm mm -hmm. pretty sure the Democrats would bounce this guy at this point. What do you think, Melissa? Do I think that they would bounce him? Well, I mean, if it happens, it will happen at the convention. They change what people, what Jonathan and other people are ignoring is that they change the rules so that that this very thing could happen. Yeah. So, so um, and already along the way, they've um, maneuvered uh, on all of the, the different in the primary states to get any competition to Joe Biden off the ballot. 
So right. they're doing everything in their power to uh, make it impossible for someone to threaten him. Why? Because they know that that person would likely get a lot of votes and Biden is in trouble in his own party. He's polling like crap. Now, the polling I saw today uh, has him coming closer to Trump. I'm skeptical of all the polling right now because it's just, who are we talking about? Are we talking about likely voters? Does a national poll matter? Not really. The swing state polls are really what matter, and they matter amongst likely voters. Beyond that, it's all BS. So, um, you know, I think that Jonathan and all the people, like uh, my favorites are the Bulwark crew who are still trying to defend Biden. And and it's, you know, of course the hyper-partisans like Jonathan Martin and the rest of his journalist pals, journalist, this, that's a throwback to the day, but all those guys who are you know, going to defend um, Biden because of course they're going to, they're going to protect him till he gets to the convention floor. And if they need to, um, you know, someone needs to Brutus him, um, it will happen probably there because, and here's the problem for the Democrats and why that's the case. Because he, you know, Jonathan was uh, basically saying, well, no one's been, um, groomed for this, da-da-da-da-da-da. Well, there's been some trial balloons. You know, um, Kamala Harris saying, I'm ready, is a trial balloon. Um, the, you know, Michelle Obama doing big interviews is a trial balloon. She's been all over um, on kind of mid-tier, off-political podcasts, I've noticed. And so this, they're, she's doing media prep. All right. So what, you know, what this is for, I don't know. And then you've got, um, what's his face? Uh, Governor Goodhair, Newsom, uh, doing the debates with Ron DeSantis and, and doing all these weird things and um, setting up organizations across the country in various states. And yeah. so like all of these things, so for the Jonathan Martins and, out there why is this happening if there's no intention by any of these people to see if they might get gather some traction and the fact is is that the democrat voters themselves would pretty much be happy with any of the above rather than biden and and that has got to be unnerving so the problem that the democrats face is their own voters just kind of staying home now jonathan said something that what is in the Democrats' favor and what solidifies the wall around the great Biden is that uh, Democrats hate Trump and he keeps the Democrats together. Uh, that is probably true to, for some, but that kind of hatred is waning as Biden is terrible. And this is what I said at the beginning uh, of his... Um, presidency. Four years is a very long time and a very long time for uh, Joe Biden to do a lot of damage. And so we're seeing this kind of disconnect. So like Bill Maher was interviewing, I forget her name. She's um, 
she she's uh she's on the like the fitness project like the show that helped people lose weight but anyways he was talking about how the economy's doing so good and she was like what are you talking about have you tried to buy a dozen eggs she's like have you tried to buy a car a house you know like yeah what rare air are you and so like the average american is just struggling and meanwhile being told um by the media that everything's great and then they're seeing money being sent over to um ukraine and they're seeing money sent to israel and they're seeing all of this and we've got this border flood happening and stories like came at, coming out of chicago where only um black um service organizations are being hired to feed the the um south american and central american homeless people who are illegals so it's like one big huge grift thing on the democrat side right. and everybody's well, I, just I, supposed to let me interject something else to support yeah. your point. I don't know if you saw this, but there's a thing that popped out today. And mm -hmm. it's essentially all of the job creation in the Biden administration that these guys are are um, crowing about. OK, mm -hmm. all of it is jobs that illegals are doing. It's like two point nine million all of it is jobs. jobs what? Who's illegals mm. like illegals are working those jobs. There's 180,000 less Americans employed now than were in, than there were in 2019, and mm -hmm. all of the the increase from from the beginning of COVID to now, okay, it's mm -hmm. all illegal. All illegals mm -hmm. working these jobs. That tracks though, doesn't it? I mean, like you know, like with your with our experience, that seems about right. Yeah, and the 190,000. You've got a bunch of people retired during the COVID years and the boomers are aging. And yeah. so you've got and fewer young men, American men um, and women are entering the workforce. But men in particular yeah. um, are taking themselves out of the workforce or just not getting jobs. So, I mean, it's a really toxic thing. So to say that there's no way that Biden can be replaced is laughable. Yeah. Um, Jonathan Martin knows this so this is a, a thing that is interesting to me that he's kind of blabbing on about what right. i'm not sure about and i'm sure they have polling um for this which is why james carville said in that article basically we had a time to do this and we haven't done it is i'm guessing that none of the potential people that we just talked about whether it be kamala or michelle obama or um, Gavin Newsom are polling better than Biden, and I think that I think that's probably true. That's probably and, the problem for for yeah, the and, Democrats. And, uh, you know, now you put Trump against a generic Democrat, and Trump has trouble. Mm -hmm. um, but when you put Trump against these individuals, mm -hmm. you know, he smokes Kamala Harris. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, you know, Gavin Newsom. Uh, I, I haven't seen a Trump versus Newsom poll. I haven't um, either. My guess is that as glib as Newsom is and, and you know, his hair is good and all this kind of stuff, I, I don't think Gavin Newsom is popular at all outside of California. Uh, well, it's so not really I don't popular know. there, so. 
no, he's not. So, you know, there's that. And then, you know, obviously Michelle, um, you know, I, with core Democrat demographic groups, I think probably, you know, polls closer to where Barack would be. Mm-hmm. But I don't know that Michelle is is any good with independence. And I don't have any any numbers to base that on, but I just don't think that she's going to help you with independence. I really don't. Yeah, I don't know. She's a mixed bag of nuts because the like I know. Well, that- I mean, the other thing is, is like you'd have to see her actually run for president. Right. Like you'd have to see her in the field as a candidate to know anything at all about what. I mean, she's never run for anything. Right. Which I like. I you know the the whole discussion about parachuting Michelle in has always kind of made me scratch. It's like, okay, Donald Trump never ran for president, but he was involved in politics as a donor for years. Didn't understand the running of the country piece, and that cost him a little bit in the four years. But like, as a candidate, he had seen everything he needed to see. Um, and so, yeah, you could say Michelle has all that, but Michelle's never hosted a TV show. Well, no, you know she's never I mean? been an executive. I mean, Trump. Well, is- she was that the executive of that thing in Chicago that shooed all the Medicaid patients away from the University of Chicago. Well, she was, but the thing is, is that job didn't last for very long, and then right. she got disbarred. Uh, yeah, while no, I get it. I mean, uh, like it, it was a. She, her her resume is not real good as a president. No. Okay, and I think that that probably costs um, costs her more than some of these people think. Well, the um, argument for the argument for this for all of these people is the same one why Nikki Haley is impossible, which is because none of them have actually had to face the scrutiny of an opposition have never had to have their, you know, all their dirty secrets be revealed nationally. You know, there's a lot of things you can talk about theoretically, but I mean, one of our writers is writing a book about Gavin Newsom and he's got more skeletons than uh, a Halloween store. So, you know, the, and the thing is with Michelle Obama too, has the same thing and how she, every uh, media event that she's ever done has been tightly controlled. Well, what right. happens when she's in a scrum and is having to answer questions on the fly? You know, how does she do? Right. Uh, you know? Yeah. I mean, um, she, that could be a, that could be a complete collapse for all we know. I mean, it could be just as bad as Biden. She could lash out, mm-hmm. say something horrible and people go, Okay. Like mm-hmm. that could easily happen. Um, when she has said things publicly, generally speaking, they have not come off very well. I mean, what people remember about her is, you know, for the first time in my adult life, mm-hmm. I'm proud of my country. Right. I mean, if you're running against Michelle Obama, you are going to drag that quote out and beat her over the head with it again <laughs> right, and again right. and again. Like you selfish bitch. You mm-hmm. were never proud of America until you're going to make your husband the Democrat nominee. Right. And like, you want us to make you president. Will you be proud then? Right. Like that, you know, a halfway decent political consultant with enough money could destroy her on that quote alone. Right. Um, so we'll see. But, you know, the thing of it is, is like Jonathan Martin could be correct, mm-hmm. but for reasons that have absolutely nothing to do with Jonathan Martin. Um, they may not have 
anybody that they can turn to. And they mm-hmm. may be stuck with Joe Biden. And this thing could like this could be 1980 for the Democrats. They're mm-hmm. going to lose a bunch of Senate seats because you've got 12 seats the Democrats hold in states in the Senate, in states that Trump won in either 16 or 20 or both. OK, and and on the Republican side, the most vulnerable Republican incumbent senator right now is Ted Cruz, who's not going to lose his race. He's going to win. They're going to spend one hundred million dollars against him, but he's going to win. And he's the most vulnerable one in the bunch. So you're looking at, even despite Mitch McConnell and all of the sabotage and sandbagging that he's going to do of Republicans, mm-hmm. you're going to take over the Senate. Um, and if Biden is their nominee and he continues to go down the tubes as he has, and you have more Captain Queen moments, which I don't know how you avoid them other than just Joe Biden disappears like he did on Sunday when they wouldn't give him the Super Bowl interview. Well, that's what that's what they did with him before in, you know, uh, 2020. I mean, they just kept him hidden. Yeah. Well, it's different when you're the president. I mean, right. you know, and it's especially different when you're the president and things keep going wrong. Right. I mean, that's like the other thing is it's like he if things happen when Trump was president, you had covid and you had lockdowns, and you had George Floyd riots and all of this kind of stuff. And all of that happened on Trump's watch. So people who were upset with the state of America in November 2020 would look at Trump and say, this is your fault. I'm not voting for another four years of this. Well, that's all fine and well and good. But now Joe Biden's the president. Right. So you actually have to communicate with the American people and say, yeah, this is not my fault. Right? Like You have at least that. And he can't do that if he can't make complete sentences, if he can't read a teleprompter, if he t- can't take a question without lashing out and insulting the reporter that asked the question. OK, and th- those things are not going to get better between now and November. They're going to get worse. Dementia and senility are like this. They go. Things get worse. They go down. Um, so, who, you know, what is it? Today is the February 13th. Okay, we've got what almost ten months, now eleven, uh, nine months rather. Mm-hmm. Okay, how bad can this get in nine months? So you know, Jonathan. Well, Martin you know, all he wants that no, they can't get rid of Biden. Right. Give it four or five months, and maybe they can. Well, and here's the thing that I keep coming back to: What do Democrats do when they're under the gun like this? Start wars, escalate wars. Yeah. So I feel like we and and one of the reasons why they're not talking about bringing somebody in at the convention is they don't want a lame duck president. Right. And. I don't know, we have a lame duck president, whether we want to admit it or not, but right right now he's more of a ruptured duck president than a lame duck president. Yeah, exactly. So this this is a wounded president. Wounded de- Democrats are dangerous, dangerous animals. You know, they're more dangerous than any other animal I can think of. And because the, the scope of the damage they can do is so great. So, you know, I don't know what happens. I don't know what kind of conversation happens on the Democrat side. But for those who are saying that it's impossible that he's going to be that he has to be the nominee, I think, no, it's not impossible that somebody else could be, it's going to be a difficult and a heavy lift for whoever is on the Democrat side. But um, they still have all of the structural um, advantages 
they have the Secretary of State, they have the mail-in balloting, they have their entrenched um, mules across the country who will get the votes necessary. Um, and Republicans really haven't done anything about that. And now they have millions and millions of illegal uh, aliens who they know exactly where they are. They're on an app that the Democrats have created. They um, have the names of these people, the location of these people, and guess what? That makes it so, so easy in, pla in places where Democrats control things, in the, the cities, these um, sanctuary cities, to create voters out of thin air. And so there's lots of ways the Democrats can still win that have nothing to do with either candidate. And my impression is, is that's the point. So Joe Biden can be a drooling mental retard and kind of is, and he could be easily reelected with the way things are right now. So on that happy note. Um, wow. Yeah, I know. Like Mardi Gras, <laughs> Valentine's Day, and then here's Melissa with the big bucket of water to drop all over her. Sister Mary Sunshine coming in. Yeah. Really? yeah. Tell me. <laughs> all right, guys. Uh, this has been fun, despite uh, the uh, last part of it. Um, <laughs> uh, but uh, uh, do us a favor, like, share, and subscribe. Uh, traffic on the spectacle is going, you know, like way, way up because we're doing shorter episodes and they're more manageable and you can listen to us in the car and do all these other great things. Um, but help us out. You know, we're not going to get any help from the corporate media. We're not going to get any help from Google or any of these other people. So we're depending on you, our viewers and listeners to help spread the word about the best podcast that nobody's ever heard. That's us here at the spectacle. See you guys later.